Welcome to the Event Safety Podcast. I'm Danielle Hernandez. And I'm Steve Edelman. What are we talking about today, Steve? Today we are talking about festivals and events. And fortunately, we are talking to a very smart person about that subject. We're talking with Steve Schmader, who is the president and CEO of the International Festivals and Events Association. So well, welcome Steve Schmader from Boise, Idaho. Thank you. Nice to be here. Excellent. So, so could you tell us a little bit about IFEA? I just can. so our listeners have an idea. I, I, I'm paid to tell you a little bit about the IFEA, so. Earn it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. The, um, the International Festivals and Events Association, uh, IFEA, um, it's an organization that's been around. Uh, you tell me if I go too deep, you know, or long for you guys. We've been around since 1956 um, when we were formed by a, a, a really a group of peers uh, around the country in the, in the United States who some of the larger events, you know, Portland Rose Festival and Fiesta San Antonio and people like that who, who realized there was good information to be had from their peers uh, and to learn from one another. And so they got together for the very first time with a uh, probably... 10 or 12 of them in a hotel room in New York City. Um, and they all gathered and they sat around and they shared and they thought, wasn't this great? Um, and we should do more of this. And, and so uh, they decided that it should be something that they continue. And so they, they uh, officially incorporated back in, in, in those days as the IFA, the International Festivals Association. Uh, <clears throat> it very quickly became international in that they added a Canadian member or two um, and, and so that became the, you know, that added the I to it. Um, and then they, um, they continued to grow and, and, and prosper, uh, and, and, uh, dynamically, uh, people were drawn to it because, you know, back in those days, again, associations like ours were just starting up and there was a need in an industry that didn't have any other sources uh, of sharing and sharing is one of our core values within the organization uh, <clears throat> of good information and things for each other. And, and as time went on, uh, we added the E to the name because we started going, you know, every, every festival is an event, but every event is not a festival. And, and so, you know, we, we now in our umbrella of IFEA um, work to represent as best we can um, uh, both members and non-members because we, while we we are a membership organization, um, we 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 are a small scratch in the surface, quite frankly, based on the number of events around the world that there are. Um, but while there are partner associations uh, around us who serve specific niches like theme parks and air shows and fairs and um, runs and, and anything like that. We are probably the broader umbrella that, that encompasses and invites all, all of those to the table uh, to, to share. And, and so that's something that we, we enjoy um, because it, it um, I think there's good ideas that cross-pollinate, you know, uh, quite frankly, a fun run can learn something from a parade. Uh, and a parade can learn something from a football game. Um, so we have sports and everything's under there now too, bowl games and, and things like that. Some of the, some of the, as you would anticipate with most organizations, uh, 
the the the, the people that have the recognizable names in our industry, the Macy's parades and uh, Tournament of Roses parades and uh, Kentucky Derby festivals and the Indianapolis 500 festivals and 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 their counterparts uh, at Disney, um, people like that around the world um, are, are the ones that obviously people are are drawn to or know or all the bowl games and things. But quite frankly, that large, that group of recognizable readily off the top of your head group is probably you know, 10% of our industry. Um, and 90% and are small to mid-sized festivals and events. And we did a survey in, in back in the 1990s now and we asked people at that time, we said, how many, how many events are in your city that, require, that are large enough to require the support of city services, police and fire and parks and those kind of things? And, and at that time, this is in the 1990s now, the answer came back and the average was, I want to say, I, <clears throat> I may be slightly off here, but I want to say it was like 27 events per city was an average. And now, you know, even mid-sized towns have hundreds of events uh, happening. I mean, multiple events on every weekend and every day and things going on. And, and um, I was just talking to one of our members, uh, a larger music festival, and we were saying it wasn't all that long ago that music festivals, there was a handful of music festivals around the country and people would, gosh, you'd save your money and it was your bucket list and I'm gonna travel here and go to this music festival and that's my dream. And, and now, you know, my own city here in Boise, we we have three or four music festivals and and all across the country and around the world, uh, you know, we're putting out lists now. We track global news coverage and things, and you're putting out lists from every continent that says, you know, hey, here's the uh, the top 50 music festivals you should go to in Asia this year or you should go to in Europe. And, and so now they, uh, a comment from one of my peers was, he said, you know, we have gone from being the music festival to being a music festival. And so times have changed um, for everybody. And so we try to represent when we're dealing with, um, and we deal a lot with the media because quite frankly, they get tired of talking locally to their events and they just want another voice. And they'll call us up and ask us our opinions on everything that's going on in the, in, in the world uh, that may be affecting their local events. Uh, we deal with governments uh, and government representatives to try and ensure best we can, we're, we're still a small force in the world, um, uh, that regulations and, and uh, procedures and, and things that are followed um, <clears throat> are, are, are somewhat they're learning from themselves as well. And now we find, quite frankly, one of the bigger audiences that we're seeing come to us where we used to be events. And one of the big topics was how do you work with your cities? Now, uh, cities are producing events. So now cities have become um, a huge audience for us because now they need to know how to produce events uh, as parks and recreation departments do. You know, they used to be you'd go to a park and you'd rent the park space. And now they are producing their own events. So they all have to learn and know and, and things how to do that as, as well. Uh, we do, in fact, uh, coming up next week, uh, we do an annual and we've been off for a few years because of COVID. We do an annual event management school at, at Ogilvy Resort at the National Training Center there in West Virginia. And um, most of the audience, quite frankly, there uh, started out and in, in, in is still heavily uh, parks and recreation. We, we partner with the National Recreation and Parks Association uh, on that. 
school and, and it's become very, very popular. But even as an example, uh, my chair elect for our board next year um, is the head of um, uh, festivals and events basically for the city of Philadelphia. And city of Philadelphia alone deal, and this is just internally, this isn't even not counting the ones that they don't touch. Um, they, they deal with 1,700 events a year in the city of Philadelphia. So when you start doing the math, uh, and I used to tell people I'd, I'd do the math when we did our 27, you know, kind of a thing. And I'd say, okay, and then Rand McNally has 15,000 cities they think are big enough to bother putting on a map. And if you consider now, you know, 100, 100 events per medium-sized city per year, and, and you do the math on that, well, now, you know, your numbers are huge just in the United States. And when you start multiplying that out around the world uh, to get your arms around the sheer number of events uh, that are happening out there, um, it, it's, 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 it's hard to grasp. And yet we do our best uh, to spread uh, best practices. Uh, and, and like I say, and to represent and to, uh, and, and to when something happens, we, 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 tra we, we, we really tr uh, try to track all the global news around the world all the time. So, so let's, yeah. let's jump there. Yes. So, you so, you know, as the Event Safety Alliance, it's, it's fun to hear other people's origin story. Obviously, your organization is far right. older than the Event Safety Alliance is, but it's, it's, it follows a similar trajectory for similar reasons. Um, mm -hmm. And that's fantastic. So when it comes to current events, the last couple of years have been interesting. <laughs> And continue to be so. Um, so, you know, so what sort of things are you guys paying the most attention to? What are your your members asking the most about? Is it is it um, malicious intruders? Is it weather? Is it COVID? Is it social unrest? Like, there, there's so many <clears throat> options. All of the above. Um, uh, you can't, you can't do Way one ahead, and not Steve. the others. <laughs> you can't do one without the others. I mean, you can't go, well, we're going to just focus on weather. Is it weather a problem? Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> you know, we used to always talk to, we spend a whole, you know, what other job you spend an entire year planning for something that then you are totally dependent on things you don't control. You're dependent on other people's money, other people's time and the weather. You know, what, what could go wrong with that? Um, that's and our favorite question. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? So I, I think that the last few years, almost separate from everything else, has caused obviously a lot of new challenges and, and, and things for us with COVID and, and the pandemic. Quite frankly, none of us saw that one coming. Um, I still have the meeting minutes from a board meeting we did like two weeks before the industry shut down. And we were having, we were asking people what they thought of this COVID thing that was, you know, in the news. And everybody goes, I don't know, you know, be gone in a couple of weeks and we'll just continue on. And, and then, you know, two weeks after that meeting, our industry shut down. And and three years later, we're still talking about it. We're still talking <laughs> about it. And, and we will be for a long time because I tell you why. I mean, during that, we didn't know what to do either. The industry went down. We were going, what is going on? We did our best to respond like everybody else did in any way you could. We went we went heavily virtual, obviously, as an organization because we had to cancel our conventions and our our training and our event management schools and all those kind of things. Couldn't do anything in person. Uh, but we created <clears throat> even people wanted information even when there was no information. 
And we didn't have answers. We couldn't get out there and say, here's the best practices, because quite frankly, there are no best practices. Anybody tells you there are now lying to you. There's no best practices with regard to dealing with COVID and all that. And so we're inventing them as we as we go. So we created task forces and, and we brought the best people in the industry who were chewing their arms off looking for something to do and how can we respond to this. And we put them into formulated groups to talk with their peers about, you know, uh, what happens when we can come back? How do we prepare for that? Um, how do we change our programming until we can? Uh, what do we need to learn about, um, uh, you know, the, what the cities and other stakeholders and sponsors and things are going through and how do we understand that? And it was really one of the best things we did because uh, for a, a year, uh, people were talking to each other on Zoom uh, on a very regular basis and and we came away not necessarily with the manual that says here's here's the answers to everything but everybody certainly felt better and they knew they weren't being left behind it wasn't like everybody else knows some answer i don't yeah um you know because people worry and and in boards you know they're trying to we're trying to justify to our boards what's going on and the boards just think we need to keep going we need to keep going and, and you're going we can't and, and and here's why and so i spent a lot of my time quite frankly during that time and over the last several years, talking to board retreats and explaining to people's boards, and they can explain to them, but you know, it's the every 50 miles from home, you're more of an expert. Um, <laughs> and so as the IFEA, I, I can get on calls and talk to people and say the same things their their own leadership is saying, um, but it makes them feel better if, if they hear it from somebody that's supposed to be tracking that. So Steve Schmader from IFEA, from IFEA's perspective, are we fully back? I mean, oh, even yeah. though we we still have to pay attention to COVID, are festivals and events as you know as present in our world as they were in you know late 2019, first couple of months of 2020? I, I don't think so, Steve. I think there it's, it's a funny thing to watch. There are some, everybody's trying to come back where they can. A lot of people went out of business. I mean, you know, they're not there to come back. Um, <clears throat> even despite government funding and all that, we spent a lot of time trying to learn ourselves to keep ourselves in business um, while we're helping others. But, you know, the PPP and the ERCs and all the magical government money terms <clears throat> that we were trying to learn about and then educate our folks how to go get most people burn through their reserves uh, during those years to stay alive. And so most people, even if they're operational right now, are not in a position where they can be visionary, you know, where we always want to do the next great thing. You can't take any risks because a wrong decision will put you out of business. You don't have enough money to take risks. And, and, and then with the economy, with everything going up in cost and price, the average festival right now, if you talk anecdotally to all my members and everything is costing, you know, 30, 40% more than it did before to produce. And especially in areas like insurance and things, um, but everything, porta potties and, and, uh, and, and then, and then staffing, you know, you can't, vendors are having a hard time finding people to staff their booths and, this and is finding such a, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a nasty, you know, ongoing progression but everybody is trying to survive that. And, 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 and while some people you, you'll read in there, they're like, Hey, it's better than ever. And it's great. And it's wonderful. And, and, and I have no doubt it is. I mean, and I, I'm believing all those people and, and some people are seeing their best years ever. 
And yet others are seeing, you know, 40, 50% of their normal attendance. And Steve, this actually raises something that you alluded to a few minutes ago, which is scale Um, that, you know, International Festivals and Events Association, much like the Event Safety Alliance, has members which are very large, sort of resource-rich members. Right. But that's not the majority. Frankly, it's far from the majority. The great majority of ESA members, as it sounds like our IFEA members, are the smaller ones working in less resource-rich environments. Are they, in, in your experience with IFEA, are they experiencing the sort of post-pandemic blues differently? Yes. Uh, I, I would tell you the larger ones may be experiencing some things a little harder, especially like the big music festivals and stuff. They're um, the, the ones that are dependent on a local audience are, I think, a little safer almost. Your local audience is there. They've been cooped up. They want to get out. They want to get back together you know, and, and we've always been an organization or, or an industry that has specialized in bonding communities together. We bring them together after pandemics. We bring them together after terrible things like 9-11. We bring, you know, we, we bond them together when times are good. We're, we're the things that people come together at. And, and we've created the, the pandemic especially has, has cre- and other safety things too, which I can touch on, but has, has created that, that cautionary tale. Do I want to go? Do I want to risk getting sick? Do I want to risk my family? Can I take grandma? Can I, you know, um, all, all those things are uh, questionable. The larger ones, though, where you have to travel to them and who's typically dependent on a far more expensive ticket price. You know, you'll see music festivals now, you know, that for God's sake, I mean, you can make payments. I mean, payments. This is a, a ticket to an event. You know, and you do you want to spread that out over five years like you're buying a car or something, you know, and you're going, that just doesn't seem right to me. Um, but I think in the current economic uh, climate that we were in and, and with people wondering about whether the safety of their world and their jobs and all those things are OK uh, and all and, and then with um, travel to some parts of the world like Ukraine and places like that, you, you can't you can't go and nobody wants to go in those areas because right, of war and things like that. Other areas where, you know, like in Asian things, where there's still a lot of the pandemic stuff being uh, moved around and about, and, you know, the chess pieces are being moved as to how are we enforcing it today. Uh, I have had people that have traveled for me to a couple places just to give a talk who got locked up for, you know, two weeks in a 10 by 10 room under quarantine because they tested positive when they landed at some place. So there's still caution on all those fronts. I, I, we're coming back slowly you know we did our convention um uh this year for the first time in three years and it was such a it was such a wonderful energy of people coming back together but i'd I'd be lying to you if i told you it was like our normal numbers and those kind of things it wasn't you know and because you've got people saying hey you know people that normally are bringing 10 12 15 people to a convention are coming with two you know, or one, because then they'll be real honest with you. They'll say, you know, Steve, we just lost multi millions of dollars. You know, um, we're trying to come back too. We're trying to walk that walk. We're trying to be cautious. And so that's where I kind of point out that it's hard for people right now. They're trying to come back uh, and they're doing a very good job of it. My hat's off to every one of them because they're all, they've been through a lot. But um, 
but they aren't as able to be visionary, you know, and to, let's do some great new idea. Let's great new thing. Um, so they're, they're coming back as simply as they can. And we aren't the only ones dealing with it again, like on the economy things too, you know, you talk about any, anybody dealing with entertainment, the cost of entertainment and things has just gone crazy. Um, uh, with artists and things who lost a lot of money during that time too. And everybody, everybody's trying to make up ground. Yeah. Um, cities who are our big partners, you know, they took big hits during the pandemic and they're trying to figure out how that changes what they do now. Uh, sponsors, same way. Uh, I gave them a new thought process. Uh, some of the, some sponsors, you know, started doing their own online things and they started going, we don't, we don't need to sponsor other people. We can just do our own stuff. Um, so it changed everyone's mindset. And I think right now we're in a time where we're all trying to re-educate ourselves as to what is this new mindset. And it's not anything you can necessarily point to historically and say, it's exactly like this. It's not exactly like anything. Um, so, and, and people get frustrated. I watch that too, where they just want it back so badly to what it was, you know, they're, they're mad at the fact that they can't do that. Sorry, Daniel. I have I've definitely seen the frustration of I want it to be exactly how it was. But, but I think that's I think we're in a different time. I think you're right about that and then that we're moving forward. So you you'd mentioned about educating and learning and things like that. Um when when your members or people are doing events, where are they getting the guidance to uh to go forward? Um for for anyone, or right. is it there? Where are they getting their crowd management information? Where are they, you know, et cetera. Et cetera sure. Et cetera. Now, well, I'll go to I'll go to your event safety standpoint because I can talk to you all day about where they talk, who they talk to about sponsorship, and who they talk to about you know parade floats and who they all that. We we do have um, a bias towards yeah, yeah. And safety. I get it. I, I, I understand that. And I appreciate and I appreciate <laughs> you keeping me on track. You know, because you know we could be you know four or five hours later, you could be flagging me down and going, hey. This would be a multi-parter pod. Um, <laughs> our, our podcast it, listeners do have, you know, drives of limited duration. Yeah, when listening I, it, to right. this. No, I, yeah, I thought this was their cross-country trip. I'm sorry. Yes, I, was going go. for, hey, um, I just did a cross-country trip. We didn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> um, I, so I, will, I, will, I, will, I will touch on some things that we're dealing with. Things that the sad part is, is we're coming out of the pandemic, which everybody's like, whoa, is me. The, the sad part, I think, is as soon as we came out of the pandemic, we immediately went back into crazy risk stuff that's the typical things, shootings and crowd surges and political problems. And Does and, that surprise you? Uh, well, I, I, I listen, I got to say, if I want to give the COVID pandemic any kind of credit for anything, is it kept the crazies away for a while? Um, you know, maybe they were afraid of getting COVID, too. I don't know. Or there were no events to go attack or do anything to or, you know. So, but, but we, we see things now where you know, we're, there's a lot of things where we're out of control on our own. As, a, as an example, one of my members um, is, is, is located in a state capital uh, here in the United States. And his festival, the grand reopening, which they were very, very excited about, you know, coming back here is going to be, it's going to be a big day and everything. And, and the day that they reopened was the day that the Supreme Court announced that they were taking away Roe versus Wade. And and their location is directly between the Capitol building and the governor's mansion on a straight venue. And so 
their first talk was not what a great day we're going to have today. It was what are we going to do? Because there will be protesters coming through our site and using our site to get media coverage and all those kinds of things too. And, and, and so those are new problems that we, we don't get to control and, and, and deal with. And they're not things that you, you think about until they happen as, as to how to uh, prepare for those, whether to some degree you can hopefully look ahead and kind of get a little bit of a handle on. Sometimes you get hit with things that are totally unexpected. Um, but then there's the things that, the crowd surges and and the shootings, you know, the, the, the awful parade shooting in, in Illinois over Fourth of July this last year, um, you know, kind of like a Las Vegas relived, you know, shooting from an upper uh, high above. Um, we don't want people to be scared to go to events. And so, listen, our our typical right now is is the first thing you always start with is you say talk to your local law enforcement, talk to your local agencies, talk to everybody because they're they should be more in the know than us. Um, as the IFEA, we are uh, what they call a sector-specific agency for, uh, as part of Homeland Security, CISA, um, and we we are in very close touch through them and with our professional peers who are also tied to them. With again, with the theme parks and uh, fairs and, and 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 also other kinds of venues. Um, and so a lot of our peers, you know, IAPA and IAVM and, and, and people like that are all involved with that as well. And, and IAFE and, and, and the carnivals and everybody from different standpoints on things. So we, we share, we, um, we, we work, so we work closely with Homeland Security and CISA and those partners, and they provide a lot of information to us. They're very good partners. And as they have anything, they, they tend to feed it to us and we try to feed it to them so that we can hold we can put resource pages and things up. Uh, we then have our specific people in our industry who are uh, the quote unquote experts in our area, um, you know, um, who, who have done, you know, security at Olympic games and all these big things. And they have the insights and, and things into those things. And, and, and people like you, Steve, we, you know, I mean, we draw upon, we draw upon our friends and, and, and we are partners with then a number of other allied associations like yourselves, um, and again, uh, uh, IAVM and, and OABA and IAPA and all, you know, your, your, your genre of, of um, uh, acronyms uh, out there. And, and we all, we started the IFEA and I'll, I'll raise my hand because I think it was, I, I'll take credit for that. We started after 9-11, an association alliance uh, of four or five associations that we work very closely with. Uh, because after 9-11, none of us knew how to respond. We were all responding individually, and we didn't know how to respond together. And so now we kind of have an agreement where, you know, uh, if it is a something that happened at a theme park, all the rest of us will get behind it, um, but we'll let IAPA take the lead on it. If it's at a festival, then we'll take the lead. If it's at a fair, IAFE takes the lead. Well, we will kind of follow those things. And so now we're talking more and following releases and trying to do more of the same things. And we've all agreed that we can share our information. So we're not, we're not going, I know something you don't know, and we're putting it over here. You know, we're, we're all sharing, um, especially in the world of safety, because uh, there, and, and, and listen, we'll point everybody to the manuals and the, the you know, all the different um, things we have access to around the world from different countries and, and, and things so that people can, 
look to that and and you know every every place is a little different too around the world what they do or can't do or can do um but we're still at we're we you know we we don't have a source we don't have that one source that this is the it, it's kind of find the best you can find constantly be looking for it as we get things we put it out publicly to our members it, it sounds um, like you're a great like clearinghouse if somebody has a question you can help yeah. find point them towards who may have the answer Yes. And if we haven't heard the problem, then great, because now we have a new problem we need to help find because these people are all trying to do their jobs as best they can. Right. And and just if one person has that problem, there's dozens of others that do Likely that, more. Just ha- that just haven't asked you yet. Exactly. So but, in, in that in that respect, it sounds like IFEA is sort of an aggregator of smart friends knowledge. Yes. Yes. Which is, which frankly, is the reason that we wanted you here, Steve Schneider from <laughs> IFEA, because you know you're a smart friend, and we wanted to know what another association is doing to address the problems that bedevil all of us. Well, and there's things you never think about that you need to talk to people about too. I mean, the the I and international for our name, we truly are. I mean, we we we're not we're not as large and huge as as some. Um, but we have good volunteer representation and things around the world who, who we, we talk to and things. And there's problems. Uh, we, we have done a lot of um, uh, training and things over the years um, in the Middle East. Great market, great people, wonderful stuff. They're doing fabulous events and things, especially Dubai and some of those places are, are remarkable. Um, but quite frankly, uh, you know, there's situations that come up. Uh, we were we were we were working or or negotiating some things with um, Saudi Arabia when uh, the journalist from the Washington Post was was killed. And you know, now now you got these huge companies all going. What do we do? Do we pull in? Do we pull out or something? And, and we're and we're a very very little piece of the pie. But to to be able to go to some of our other peers who were also working in those parts of the world with us and say, can you help us out and tell us how you're dealing with this? Because, you know, you, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry, we're like everybody else, you know, you, you, you're working with very nice people. Um, and, 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 and you'd like to have the ability to, you know, further the industry in those parts of the world. And you'd like to do all the right things that you're doing. And, and all of a sudden now you've got this roadblock that, us and the people we were dealing with and things didn't put up, but you have to respond and you have to think about those things. And those are just as big a risks, you know, how you approach what you do um, and how you respond is also another big deal in those areas because you have to keep or hope to keep working at some point with the people in those countries too. And, and so there's a lot of that finessing that goes into stuff too. It's not just your, you know, your, things we can point to on the news every night, your active shooters and your vehicle rammings and all those kind of things. There, there's cautionary tales and all other parts of things. We, you know, and, 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 and too bad. We, 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 we say sometimes to ourselves that, you know, our conventions used to be sessions about how do you build a better parade float? And, and now 75% of our sessions are how do you keep your audience alive? And that's, that's not a place any of us wants to be. No, but it's certainly a worthwhile subject of discussion. Yeah. Yes. Kind of foundational no, it's, it's, material. It's a bit, and you don't want people to be afraid of events. You know, that's the thing. Um, 
And, and I watch through, uh, you know, where you guys have been great. I am a hats off to all that you've brought to the table because you are, uh, you're providing a huge source of expertise that, that we can draw from without reinventing the wheel. You know, you've brought a, an enormous uh, nucleus of, of, of um, very smart people uh, to the table. And we, we appreciate that. And we appreciate the partnerships and, and things as well. Uh, but trying to, um, uh, you know, when you watch like the, like I mentioned, the shooting in, at the 4th of July parade and, and, and things, and you have people say, I'm never going again. We'll never go to a parade. I'll never take my family. And we can't have that. That's our industry is about bringing people together, not, not saying stay at home. And I had many, many years ago when I was running an event here in Idaho, uh, I had the, the police um, and higher ups, uh, say to me in a meeting, they said, you know, our event is, is one of the most potential targets in the United States at that time. And I said, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, we're sitting in Boise, Idaho. And, you know, I said, why, why would that be? And they, and they pointed out, they said, because it would be totally pointless. And that would be the point of someone attacking it because they realize that we are a nation and, 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 and around the world, other nations are the same way. We, we sing songs, we gather, we tie ribbons, we remember, we have anniversaries, and we we constantly remind ourselves of the pain. And 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 so by attacking something pointlessly that you wouldn't, I mean, if you attack a military base, while that's a terrible thing, somebody goes, oh, yeah, it was a political thing or a military thing or whatever it was. <clears throat> when you start shooting people at a parade, that's totally pointless. Yeah, it's the um, difference between a strategic target and a terrorist target. Right. Yes, exactly. And, and, and so how you handle those things and how you protect against them. And that's what our folks want to know. I mean, we're always looking for answers, but they want to know what that we'll do anything that we can do. We need to know what that is. And, and, and it, sometimes you feel a little bit um, helpless when you're talking to, you know, Homeland Security, you're talking to people that are the highest up on the, on the food chain of safety. Uh, and, and they can't tell you what to do. How do you keep some crazy from climbing up to a rooftop with a weapon that they can get legally and start shooting people, you know, in wheelchairs? Steve, you're that's starting not to press the hell out of me here. Yeah, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, but that's the world. And and quite frankly, I know, and, and a lot of people, you know, we run news stories about these things too, and people go, well, you should be putting good news out there. And we're, well, that's what the public Somebody is make some good news. <laughs> we're, we're not writing the news. We're putting the news out there that everyone, everyone is reading that we're pulling it from news sources. So if everyone is reading it, it's not, we can't hide it from people and go, I hope they don't see this. We have to deal with the fact that people do see it and people and, are aware and, and, I wonder and talk about how do we, how do we, how do we make it? A, how do we get away from that? How do we stop that? How do we protect people? How do you even tell people that they're going to be safe if they come to your event? How do you prove that to them? Yeah. And those are the, those are big questions that go on in people's, you know, minds. So does IFEA have an answer to that? How do you talk to people who have some reluctance about coming out to a mass gathering? How do you talk to them about their own safety? I mean, for, for the Event Safety Alliance, mm -hmm. we tend to act like, you know, the world is filled with grownups and we can have grown-up conversations and you know, we try to unpack the various risks that we all deal with all the time to point out that most mass gatherings are basically variations on a theme that we 
deal with unthinkingly. So the fact that we're sensitized to those same issues at a mass gathering doesn't mean that the risks or hazards are materially different. It just means we're more sensitive to them when we're out in public than, I don't know, when we go to the local supermarket or something. So- Or a movie theater or anywhere else. Yeah. So right. And then we try not to think about the terrible things that have happened at a supermarket right. or a and movie, a movie theater. theater. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Or a school. <clears throat> or right. school. Because, yes. because the natural consequence of you know of knowing that something bad has happened in, you know, name your public accommodation, the natural consequence of being spooked by all of those is you stay home and you never go out. And well, that's obviously antithetical to what IFEA stands for, as well as ESA, right. um, right. as well know, as just the, humans living their lives. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 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 you're right. We can and 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 that's ultimately you know what we're all trying to prevent. And Steve, from your messaging standpoint, I mean, we're like everybody else. We we have people who specialize in messaging, you know, and and, and I think more than anything, it's 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 just in in a well written you know, peace or whenever anybody is speaking or those kind of things, because questions come up, um, especially, you know, when something happens anywhere, <clears throat> then the microphone is in the face of everybody around the country, you know, well, how are you going to, how, how are you preventing this or how are you going to protect us or. So and, let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Steve Schmader from International Festivals and Events Association. Um, let, let's briefly touch on that before we we have to wrap this up. So before we started recording, we talked about reasonable practices material, and it sounds like IFEA encourages smart people to talk to other smart people, and you know, kind of right. you know, aggregate all of the knowledge and training and education that we all have, which is brilliant and you know obviously we believe very strongly in talking to smart friends the question that i asked you and you said oh that's a good question i'll have to think about it okay here it comes <laughs> uh, to your knowledge as president and ceo of the international festivals and events association is there any guidance wisdom that you would like to see created on behalf of your members so that, well, so that they do have things to say to people who say, oh, you know, I'm concerned about, you know, going out to see a parade. What's next on IFEA's agenda? Well, first, I think it's communications in all directions. Um, We try to do that. We talk with our sponsors. We talk with our cities. We talk with our uh, law enforcement. We talk with our association partners. It, it's it is what we've been talking about here today. It's communication in in all directions, um, and sharing. Being make sure you're not you know keeping something to yourself. I always tell people if you have the answer to something, don't wait for a meeting or something to tell us about that. Tell us tell us now, um, so so that we have that. But but ultimately, uh, we, we want we want to be. Um, we, we want to be positive too. I like to believe that every time events come off successfully, that uh, that makes as big of an impact as an event where something happened that you did not want to occur. And so I my encouragement is to get people, I, I'd like to see a lot more people professionally trained. We do our professional certification, other organizations do certifications. Um, 
because we're talking the people that are going through those trainings and classes and things are all being brought up to a similar level of, of knowledge and awareness and 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 how to handle things and how to share and i think the more we can do that and the more you can point to that i, I like to believe that um that that means something to our audiences and stuff as well if you see professionals who are trained and certified and, and smart people um you've got to believe they're doing everything they can to do things right. Uh, it's like going to a doctor, you know, you don't go to a doctor and not see a degree on the wall. You don't, you say, maybe I'll check somebody else out. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I'd like to see that, you, that, you know, I'd like to see our, our cities and our, and our sponsors and everybody's saying, what, what are you certified? You know, where that means, where that means something, it makes a difference, which then equates, I hope to more people, understanding the value and, and, and the power of getting educated and, and, and learning more too. Because a lot of people are along for the ride, to be honest with you. I mean, they're just impacted by stuff and they, and it may be financial or maybe other things that keep them from reaching out and getting the training and things, or even belonging to associations like our own. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the power of that, you know, people need to belong to that. They need to get active and, and share in the conversation. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're just out there on your own and, you can you can read the news, I suppose, and that'll be your source of information. Yes, yes ma'am. Active and share in the conversation. I love that. <laughs> so if, if you're interested in being active and sharing ESA information, you can go to our website, which is www.eventsafetyalliance.org. You can send us an email at podcast.eventsafetyalliance.org or find us on social media. We would love to engage with you. And Steve, I, I really want to thank you for joining us today. Next time we have you on, I want to know more about how you build a better parade float. Uh, hey, because yeah, I'm like, wait a minute, much, that's that also a important. That would be a much happier conversation. <laughs> and, and, and I do wonder if like some of that stuff is getting um, neglected, the, the better parade route, the better festival setup, the better way to interface your parking stuff, because we're focused so much on these uh, high, just, just, high just quick answer. Targets. It's not being forgotten. It's just added to the pile of things you have to do. It's, it's added more. to the pile. Okay, People good. Not However, thing the world is changing, as we all know, and 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 even those things change. How you do a parade route, how you build floats. Can you afford yep. to do the big floats anymore? Or are they a bunch of little floats coming down? You know, there's every single area is 25 podcasts on its own. Perfect. Well, good. We, we will we will have you back to, to <laughs> delve into something else. Then. So thank you all very, very much. And stay safe, everybody. That is is like a bumper sticker for like the last three years. It's a lot of zooms. Yeah, it's a lot of zooms. <laughs> <laughs>